So, if you got that reference, you as well are a 90s kid. And um, shoot me a message on Twitter if you get this, or maybe uh, Instagram, and maybe there's a prize. Maybe there isn't. Who knows? Um, but uh, we're trying something a little bit different repackaging. Um, so this is a segment of a full-length podcast episode as we're trying to help get the word out, present things in digestible forms, you know, extracting some of the rich content from our awesome guests. So if you can't stand listening to my voice, hopefully you can endure it for a shorter period of time and grab the nuggets that we have from the great guests that we've been able to attract. If you're wondering how we get such awesome guests, <laughs> I do as well as wondering that. Uh, do, do, do. Uh, anyways, um, I'd also, before we get to that, like to announce I am releasing a book soon. Um, I'm learning the ins and outs of trying to format that in different ways and self-publish, so it will be called Be Intentional Estimating. So it's about establishing the right mindset and habits for yourself and your team to succeed with estimating property insurance claims. So my goal here is to help share what has helped me grow my career, which started by answering an ad in the local paper. <laughs> Back then, that was a thing for job seekers. But I answered an ad for carpet cleaning with a local franchise, and I was introduced to an industry that I didn't even know existed. And as I share on episode 15, which we called No Risk, No Reward of the Diojo podcast, I was fortunate enough to be paired with a great mentor who helped me see the possibilities that this multifaceted industry has to offer. So with hard work, good mentors, and enough smarts to seize upon the chances presented to me, I grew from a technician to managing multiple operations for companies large and small. So Xactimate is one key component of a much larger picture, but by discussing the mindset and habits that will help you achieve success with this tool, we also discuss how those core principles relate to so many aspects of sound business. So Xactimate is kind of the key if you're wanting to look for career opportunities, grow your business, or if you're a manager or business owner trying to expand your operation. Xactimate is, uh, you know, maybe the sword in the stone or the key to the kingdom, which, uh, you know, were alternative titles I contemplated. Anyways, be intentional estimating. Keep an eye out for it. We will be announcing one that drops. And, uh, you know, if you want to pre-order, hit me up. So uh, thank you for listening, um, for subscribing and doing all those great things. we got YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Anchor, Google, all the stuff. So uh, Instagram, Twitter, the whole gambit. So, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoy the Yojo Podcast. Do, 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 do. How do I turn this? Do? But the quote you said, you said, I was disconnected. It wasn't until I started to work on myself and the way I lead my company that everything started to turn around. So, you know, rather than wallow or, or, or get jaded and, and blame everybody else. This is the worst. <laughs> It sounds like you just kind of turned that internally. So um, can you shed a little light on what that looked like and then and then your process for saying, okay, this is what I need to do to... So you go from one van, you build it up, and then kind of it blows up a little bit, right, at the halfway point? Yeah, yeah. So we eventually stopped doing carpet cleaning and transitioned into restoration. And we scaled that. I think we were at like 
three and a half million, four million, something like that. Um, and then we, we, uh, I, I thought I had built a good culture cause I was kind of goal focused and I helped our, I helped our employees try to reach for their goals and set right. goals with them personally. And really I, I thought I poured it into the team when in reality I was, I think more doing it uh, selfishly so I could get their buy-in and so I could get their commitment and their, um, and so I think more of it came from a selfish place. And so I, uh, the company started going kind of south. There was team issues. There was conflict. There was um, just, I was starting not to trust all my team members. And sometimes some of them I didn't even care for too much. Sure. And I had made a commitment to myself. I wouldn't build a business around people that I didn't want to be around. And so yeah. it got to that point where I was just, I didn't even feel like coming into the office really. I'm like, yeah, I'd rather just kind of stay away. Yeah. So I started to disconnect. Yeah. Disconnect from the office, disconnect from the company. And even I built some good systems and processes and, and marketing so it could kind of operate on its own. So I pulled back and then there just started to, to have, there started to be lots of, lots of issues and challenges. Yeah. Yeah. And so I ended up hiring a coach. I'm a huge proponent of coaches uh, and hiring coaches or consultants to help people help identify your blind spots. And so I hired a coach, Amit Kathari, great guy. And he, uh, he came into our business and totally worked with me. He's like, Hey, nothing's wrong with your team. He's like, it's the person that's leading the team. That is the issue. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. shoot, I thought I was doing a great job. Was, um, and huh? can I ask, was he yeah. a, a property restoration specific or what was that? I guess was that was, a, I was talking to another guy about, you know, how you go through that process. Did you hire him based on a specific aspect that you wanted to target or what was that process for you? Yeah, so it was basically just coming in to help support and change around our company structure, our team. It just wasn't uh, operating at the level I thought it should be. So yeah. I figured, hey, let me bring in a pro. So this guy is not industry specific. He was a just a high level leadership coach. Okay. He was a leadership and executive coach. He worked for a couple hundred million dollar companies and worked with their executive teams and helped them scale their, their businesses through, um, through developing the CEO and then developing all their executive management and then eventually all their managers. Yeah. That's kind of his skill set as he helps yeah. on the leadership side and also strategy side too. Yeah. So I brought him in and he really identified, hey, you as a leader need to make some <laughs> major changes for sure to get this thing to the next level. It starts with you. And so he ended up working with me and I did a bunch of introspective work and read some books and just dove deep into um, being the best leader I could be. We ended up switching out a couple, I'd say probably 30 to 40% of our team because oh, wow. they were no longer the right fit, right? There was, I had people in the company that I had started with that I had outgrown okay. or people that were also um, kind of negative and didn't have, weren't the right cultural fit. Yeah, yeah. People, but just weren't the right cultural fit. So we switched out some people and that started the journey, right? With me personally. And then I was able to start holding my own commitments, start coming from a place of servant leadership instead of selfish leadership and really start loving on the team and, and being a leader that leads from the front. Yep. And that made a big difference. Do you, um, I'm wondering, um, I've always appreciated finding people, you know, like you said, cultural fit for me, it's been, you know, are you hardworking, willing to learn and um, honest, right? You know, kind of the three things that I can't give you those three things I can teach you. Like you said, you came in with no experience with carpet cleaning. You learned it. Um, but the uh, you know, I can't make somebody honest. I can't make them hardworking and I can't make them willing to learn. Um, 
do you, if if you look back on it, do you see any? Has it been harder, or do you believe there's any correlation to getting people that are kind of fresh and training them in your way, as opposed to trying to retrain bad habits from somebody that might have worked at another company? Yeah, yeah, we used to hire based on experience because I was yeah. newer to the industry, so that did help out initially. Sure. Um, however, now we 100% hire based on cultural fit. So we yeah. have assessments that we run, disc assessments, personality profiles, and then we we have our core values: C O M E T, Comet, uh, which is collaborate, own it, mindful efficiency, and then thirst for learning. C O M E T, Comet, uh, which is collaborate, own it mindful efficiency and then thirst for learning is it possible to learn this power which is how a lot of companies operate they're like no i give people uh, my, my team the ability to make decisions on their own i'm like great do they know how that decision affected the net profit of the company or affected the cost of goods sold or affected the other areas of the balance sheet the, the numbers are one of the most important things in the business and so i decided hey you know what i'm going to implement a uh, it's called a great game of business. It's a whole process where you're fully transparent with the numbers. That's no fair. No fair. So we literally have our profit and loss, exact numbers on our whiteboard in our office. So if you walk into our office right now, you'll see our revenue, you'll see our cost of goods sold, all our expenses, materials, you'll see our overhead costs, you'll see our salaries. You'll see the marketing expenses. You'll see every. You'll see all the line items, all the way down to net profit and profitability. So our entire team, all thirty-six employees, they see those numbers, and we they report on those numbers. So what we've done is we've given every employee a line item, and they're wow. responsible for owning that line item and reporting that line item. So somebody may have office supplies. And so they'll be responsible every week for saying, hey, how much should we spend on office supplies? Okay, cool. And then they're responsible for reporting that number and sharing that number with the entire team. We meet once a week, the whole company, and we share that information. So the company is fully in alignment. They know the numbers. They know how the month is going to end uh, before I used to even know the month was going to end. So they, they have such good clarity around the numbers. And so they're all bonused. So we, we actually bonus the team based on the profitability so the whole company every single employee there you go there you go thank you sir there you go there you go well and that one tech that you know it may seem silly but i can remember you know a string of months where our office supplies were just out of whack and so if that employee is watching that they're saying why why are we at 30 percent of our year-to-year -year average you know on office supplies you know so yeah. it, it all adds up, right? Especially if you go into a lean month or. Yeah. Um, I remember, I think it was on IAQ radio, Claude Blackburn of uh, Dry Ease. He said similar. Um, he, I, I don't remember exactly the structure, but he said when we started sharing the financials and when we um, incentivize people, you know, very simply and flat, flatly, um, he goes, I made more money than I've ever made, you know, because it opened up an incentive and people, it was transparent, right? You know, you knew what people were doing and um, everybody wanted everybody to make money, you know? So, and they understood it better. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think most owners don't do it because they're afraid that their employees will think they make too much. Sure. When in reality, a lot of times employees actually think the owners make more than they do. We yeah. did a survey. We asked, we said, Hey, what, what do you think our net profit is of our company? Yeah. 
And so guess what the guess what the number was? It probably percentage thought, wise. Uh, if I had like fifty percent or something. Fifty yeah. <laughs> percent. Yeah, they thought we were making fifty percent. Yeah. So if we did nine million, we're making four and a half million yeah. in income. That's in my pocket, right? Well, clearly you make ten and ten, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. The DOJO.com. The DYOJO.com.